Welcome to Joyosity. I'm Jen Whitmer. I'm a speaker, consultant, and joy bringer, helping you create positive culture with complex people. Because listen, that's all we got. I'm thrilled you were here. So get yourself ready. Grab your multiple beverages, get your speaker, your headphones connected so we can dive in. True leadership requires more than just surface level strategies. It requires a profound connection to everything that makes us human. Each week, I have conversations with experts and leaders and you. If you're listening live, introduce yourself in the comments. Let us know where you are in the world and maybe what's in that mug on your desk. We're connecting as humans, remember? These conversations aren't just fun banter and information. Joyosity is so much more than a live show and a podcast. It's a movement, a space where we dare to explore the depths of our own hearts and minds, a liminal space where you are free to play around and beta test your own growth, sort of like a test kitchen lab for your leadership skills. It's where you discover that real joy has deep roots, a playground to find the hidden truths, the ideas waiting to be explored, and the untamed potential that lies within you. We're not just hanging out in idea land. We're talking about the best actions that develop you as a person and hone your skills as a leader. If you're an experienced leader or just starting out, Joyosity is the community for you. Join us every Monday live at 1 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn and YouTube for a dose of inspiration and practical advice. Whether you are live in the comments or catching the podcast later, we're here to help you create a place where work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about the importance of the stories we tell ourselves, especially as a leader. I'm Jen Whitmer, and I help teams and leaders solve conflict and personality clashes, and I am thrilled, like I'm a little bit giddy about my guest today. I am so excited that she's here to be with us. So if you are here live, like Shelby, who showed up early to the party, let me know that you're here live. If you're catching the replay, Put your comments in as well. I'll come back and say hello to you because this is going to be a great day. So joining me today is best-selling author and chief storytelling officer of Success Magazine, Kendra Hall. She teaches leaders and executives and entrepreneurs across just countless industries to harness and leverage the power of their stories. And her book, which is just right over there called Stories That Stick, debuted number two on the Wall Street bestseller list, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, and is one of my favorite business books on why story matters in our business lives. And her new book, Choose Your Stories, Change Your Life, comes out on January 11th. Like, 38 days, 36, I can't even do math. <laughs> it's not very far away. And if you've been around a minute, you know that I talk a lot about the stories we tell ourselves. And I use an Enneagram lens, but it's still about the story. So I have loved watching this process, her research, writing, and I just had to ask her for our Thursday chat. So she's based in New York City with her husband, also a Michael, and their two kids. So Kendra Hall, thank you so much for joining me today. Jen, it is such an honor. I have such a deep 
respect for you. You have been a such a supportive and calm, and you probably don't even know this, but like a supportive, calming force in this journey for me. And every time I see a comment or a message from you uh, come through, it's it always puts a smile on my face. So it's Aww. an honor to join you here this week. I did not know thank that. So thank me. you. Yeah, I look forward to your, I look forward to seeing your face in my feed all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, thank mm -hmm. you. Well, we have some of our regular friends here today and Shelby and Susan and Jill and some Allison, some new ones. So, so glad that you all are here. I, we always have just such a short time on these Thursday chats. Um, so I want to get to some of my questions because I can't wait to hear your brilliance that you're going to ask. So I want to hear from you and your research and the work that you've done about what is the importance of self-storytelling mm -hmm. and choosing a story. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that, um, you know, in the work that I've been doing, which of course is so, it's so fascinating. There's nothing more amazing than deep storytelling work, right? Whether it's with others or whether it's with yourself. And I think that's actually it right there is we don't necessarily realize uh, on the everyday front of our mind, conscious level, how much storytelling we really do and how many of our experiences and the moments in our lives, whether they were big or more often really small, we carry around with us. Um, and that these stories, they, they, they build up and they, they elevate then what our beliefs that we have in ourselves that sound very much like they are set in stone. And what I suspected and then what I've learned through research and my work on this is that actually this is more like sand and you get to, you have a whole collection, a lifetime of stories to choose from. And if you start choosing intentionally the stories that serve you and the way you want to feel in your life and the places you want to go, uh, a lot of powerful things can happen. Just that intentionality can really change everything. Oh, I, here's what I, when I have listened to you talk about this a little bit, because as a coach and especially working with the Enneagram, it's all about your motivation. So it is mm -hmm. the stories that we tell ourselves. But I think the difference that when I started hearing you talk about self-storytelling was previously, I kind of thought about it like, um, I don't know, like a ticker tape. Like mm -hmm. here's the ticker tape that goes across my mind. And I, and I often talk about not everything that you think in your mind is true. Like we just let it pass through our mind and it just drops in the truth bucket unexamined. Yeah. But when you started talking about it, I think I felt the power shift between that ticker tape and a library I get to choose from. Yes, that's like exactly all of a sudden it. there was a book of shelves that I was like, oh, I mean, I talk about choosing my story, but for some reason as a bibliophile, I wanted to see this book of library yes. shelves of my past that I could pull out. I was actually, it's so funny that you say that because yesterday I was uh, just on an interview with a young woman in fashion and the way she had really, it, it started showing up for her was when I said, um, I had tweeted something like, it's like going through, you know, when you go through your closet and you find an outfit that you would completely forgot, or if you're someone who swap seasons like I swap <laughs> seasons and you're like oh my gosh I totally forgot about this dress or this pair of slacks and and that she was like oh 
Yes, that is, I've totally forgotten about this amazing thing that happened to me or this small accomplishment. Um, and she gets to choose those story outfits, if you will. So I love as a book lover that that's what resonated <laughs> for you. Any fashionistas or fashionistas out there, maybe it's the outfit you forgot in the closet that resonates with you. But it really is, I think, the most important thing, like two important key themes here is A, awareness. Um, and that deep understanding. And I think that's where we connect, right? The more mm -hmm. you understand about yourself, it's not even understanding if you're a leader of the people around you, you first have to understand yourself. Um, and there's so much to understand. And when you start thinking <laughs> about it in terms of stories, it gets even more exciting. I think you're like, wait, wait, wait. I remember <laughs> that happened. And I still remember that. And that is actually still a fiber of the way I see myself. So that's crazy. So the awareness and then the agency aspect that mm -hmm. then you get to take ownership and and decide. You're not just you're not just a viewer. You get to be an active curator of these stories. So awareness and agency, I think, are the two big things that I hope people walk away with when they read this book. So I I want to just underline and highlight that you get to choose the story. You just said like the agency of that. We are not passive observers in our lives. And sometimes we act like that. Like yeah. it's just Netflix up there and we're just, yeah. <laughs> just letting it go. But actually we get to choose. We have the power to choose. And it happens in, it happens in big ways. It happens in small ways. And you can, you can sometimes, and you won't even notice that it's happening. Hopefully now you will. But like, I remember once way early when I started dating my Michael and we had a group of friends that wanted to go on a ski trip and Michael grew up skiing. And I said, no, I, I hate skiing. He was like, really? I said, yeah, I hate skiing. And he said, when, I don't, you've never really talked about skiing. When, when, when did you go skiing? And I said, I went skiing one time in fourth grade and my dad was the chaperone and we had a miserable day. And afterwards he told me that I hated skiing and, and it was true. I had a terrible day and I haven't gone skiing since. And he, and so here it was like, I hate skiing. And he just kind of looked at me and it was one of those moments where I thought, wait, wait, do I hate? Skiing. And what was at stake for me there is he said on no uncertain terms, Kendra, my family grew up going on ski trips. It's really important to me that that's an option for our family. And I mean, then he's talking about a long-term relationship. So I was like, flying <laughs> snow pants and putting on, you know, and everything. But it was, it, it just happened in this like very blanket statement. And I think that's one of the things that's really important is to start paying attention in your life when you're just like, oh, no, no, I don't do this, or I don't like that, or I can't do this. And of course, it can express itself in much bigger ways when it's your, mm -hmm. oh, I can't manage a team of 20. I've only ever managed a team of five, or you know what? So, but to be on the lookout for those. And the, well, it's so true. And again, I love the ski pants. And now now it's real. Yeah. Um, but and the it, part you know of what, Jen, it turns out, I don't like skiing. I really, <laughs> you know, like I've gone a couple of times, I can ski. And I don't like it. And so now, like, it's not like that story turned out, oh, I hated it in fourth grade, but now I love No, I, I don't like it. And now it's totally okay that I'm the mom that sits in the ski chalet while my kids are out skiing. And I own that story. 
right? But right, no shame in the hot chocolate game in the chalet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not a problem. Exactly. Well, but the part that you just said is what's so important that you owned the story, and I can't remember who said it, but that when you own your story, that's when you start to heal. And so much of mismanagement in leadership and unnecessary conflict comes from a part of us that we haven't been willing to examine or heal. Mm -hmm. And we think about that as our personal lives. Yeah. But one of the things I like to say all the time is that we're whole people. And so mm -hmm. we show up wherever you go, there you are. Yeah, and exactly. so if you're not willing to own these stories, like Jeff is saying that we, we tell these stories as if they are truth yes. all the time rather than, Oh, what can I choose about this? And Shelby's like realizing that, oh, the stories I tell as a mother, the stories I tell my child, like how do I challenge these old stories and bring them, again, that agency to which library book am I gonna pull off this shelf and use as a powerful tool to move myself forward? One of my friends, <laughs> She, I've totally co-opted this phrase. She used to sing a song to her kids, like, you've done it before, you can do it again. Yes. <laughs> and so I've totally yes. co-opted that as like a professional thing. I've done it before. I've done a team of five. I can do a team of 20. Like yes. that power that's there. So um, one of the things that, you know, when we talk about this leadership aspect of the stories that we tell, I'd love to hear you tell me a little bit about what you see the impact on an organization. And when I talk about organizations, sometimes that's a family. Sometimes mm -hmm. that is a multi-million dollar corporation. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. what is the impact on an organization when a leader changes their, their storytelling, both self-storytelling and then group storytelling? Yeah, and I think you you said that in a really important way because you know as we've been talking here, it's so important to start for any leader to start with themselves, right? Like, you Absolutely. Have, and, you, and you hear this, you know, you have to do the work, the leader comes from all, all of the leadership. But of course, then my lens is you need to be working on your story. So anytime you feel you feel that um, flash of emotion, or, or it's something that keeps you up at night, or there's, you know, what whatever, where there is conflict, the first place to look is, okay, so where, how are, what stories am I bringing to this that are that are causing me to feel this way? Um, and and a close examination of that is going to is going to set you at a much more even place, like an accurate place to start approaching the true problem, right? So so I think more aware leaders of their stories. And this is not to say just having awareness of your story is not an immediate implication that the story will be solved. But it's, it's amazing, again, how freeing it can be when you're like, oh, wow, that is, that's a part of me. Um, but then secondly, you start to be able, and this is what I saw from the participants that I took through this research group, is that they started in their own work as self-storytellers and becoming aware and, and choosing better stories. They could see the people around them as, as collections of stories too. And so when mm. there was conflict with, uh, there was a really powerful story that actually isn't in I'll say it isn't in this book um, about, two, 
about I like two that sisters. Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't in this book um, about two sisters, and the one sister was in the group and just had all of these epiphanies about herself, and then it allowed her to see her sister more clearly. And then, in a very delicate conversation, her sister revealed some of her stories, and like, I mean, it gives me the chills. And so much of leadership, you know, we hear about vulnerability and and I don't know that this word is being thrown around as much as it should be, but just compassion, because uh, it mm-hmm. sounds like too, it sounds too soft. But when you can approach your team, when there is conflict with compassion, knowing that there are stories there that you don't know because they don't even know what they are, there's opportunity there to have a whole team of people see each other as like, oh, wait, there's a story there. There's a story there. I want to know these stories so we can all be working together in a much clearer place. Absolutely. I, I And I, what I love about that is that, that co- compassion actually means co-laboring. Mm-hmm. We are working together. When we talk about passion, we think of it as this deep emotional work, which it is, but it's a labor work, yes. you know? And so that I'm going to come alongside and, and be with you in the work is the root of that word. And so it's one of my favorite, um, when we really dig into talking about how we work with people, like yes. compassion is so important. And then one of the things that I think is really powerful that you do so well is that sometimes people use the word stories like growing up um one of my aunts would be like are you telling me a story yeah which meant a lie (laughs) right right we're not talking about picking a story that isn't true we're talking about picking a story that is real so i love jill's question here like our deepest beliefs are these stories that we tell so how do we help ourselves and others choose that type of story yeah, I think that that is, that's one of, again, one of the things that I felt very strongly about in this core message is, and I love, I mean, there was a time in my life where I had an affirmation that, that I would read before spin class every time I went. So I would go in, this is this is pre-New York. So this is back in my, where I lived previously. And I would go in, I would get my bike, and then I would go out and sit in my car and read an affirmation. And it was like, you are going to be by XYZ date, and this is going to happen. <laughs> and it was all this future, and, and it was valuable, right? However... We also have very strong internal editors and and we know when we're not telling the truth. And so it just makes it, I think, more challenging. Um, But if you are looking at your own and then also your team members, actual stories, like things that you have done before, and maybe you have a goal to, you know, sell five million books, but you've never sold five million books before. But there's another area of your life where you did something you never thought you could do and you accomplished that. You can take that story from that area of your life and bring it over here and tell it to yourself to 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 motivate you to achieve this new thing that you haven't done. And then as a leader, once you see where some of those limiting stories are for your team members or you catch wind of their limiting beliefs and you can see this happen and whether you just you know it or you it's explicitly stated then my encouragement to you is to equip them with real life stories from the from the career that you know things that you have actually witnessed and tell those stories 
back to them. So remember mm -hmm. a very specific, like if they're saying, I just can't, I don't feel comfortable uh, sharing that part of the presentation. I don't feel comfortable taking on that part of the presentation. I think Robert should do it or, or whatever it is to say, actually, I remember Olivia, when you took on this meeting and you did this, this, and this, and everyone walked out of the room, bring Olivia back to that boardroom where she gave that presentation because she's probably just kind of swept, you know, sand, just swept that story to the side as she's thinking about the next thing she's trying to accomplish or as her, as her negative stories are trying to bring her down. And so as a leader, equipping your team with stories that will fuel them forward. It's so good. And yeah, and, and Shelby and Jeff are uh, making these two great points. Sometimes what's affected us happened five minutes ago is like, you know, I stood up in seventh grade this one time and said this thing, and now I can't do that presentation. You know, that happens all Absolutely. the time. But when we, we repeat the stories, storytelling is part of culture building. And so when you repeat the stories, that's, and they have to be true. Like you said, they have to be rooted yeah. in reality. Yeah. And I love yeah. that taking them back to that boardroom when it happened in this positive way. I have a client who had a pretty um, intense anxiety. I mean, really traumatic experience with an event a couple of years ago. And it was anxiety inducing, like client hanging by a thread. Are we going to lose this, this client? Like multi-million dollar issue. And they've done a ton of repair work in the last couple of years. And because of COVID, that event didn't happen last year. So this year it's happening again for the first time. So all those stories came back. Oh yeah. And so I was talking to them and, and it was really successful. Like it's finished now, it was really successful. And I asked, I was like, what feels different now? And he said, I've rewritten the story of that event. And that's what's so powerful. It doesn't have to go back to this, oh my gosh, we're going to lose this client and billions of dollars. But like we did the work and we can continue with this because I've rewritten the story. And I think that's what's so powerful. Um, yeah. I just looked at the time. I could talk to you forever. This is, <laughs> I just want, I want to do this because this for me, um, Jen, is like a cross section of two very important things uh you know some of my research and the research that i look forward to continuing is about culture building and storytelling uh among leaders and and this aspect of you know the the outward storytelling that leaders have to do but the inward storytelling of each individual leader and then how that translates into helping your team through their inner stories and outwardly it's just i I could have this conversation all day, but I know, I know you're a busy woman. You're a busy woman. Me too. Woman. <laughs> I could have this conversation all day and love it when I get to. Uh, well, I just think that's what's so powerful. And I mean, I could grab stories that stick over there and talk a little bit about when the self storytelling is real. One of my favorite stories that you have in stories that stick is about the founder's story. And if that's not real, people know. And that begins with the self-storytelling. Who am I and why did I show up here? And then it becomes a real story that then builds culture in a way that you are directing it. One of the things I say about culture building in organizations is that it's not a river. Like rivers just take the path of least resistance. It's a channel that you are digging to tell people where we want to go. Yeah. And that's the power of storytelling in culture building. So 
that gets very exciting. I know. Um, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, we have, we but I have to stop. more time together. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I love this it. is the beginning of a beautiful thing, Jen. <laughs> I love it. So tell us where the people can find you and when the book comes out and what they get if they pre-order, if things like that mm -hmm. are still available. They are, they are. So the book is called Choose Your Story here. I have, and I have a copy in the mail to you or will be. I know. Choose Your Story, Post Change office. Your Life. There it is. Um, right now, if you're watching this live or before the launch date, which is January 11th, you can go pre-order the book and then go to the website, chooseyourstorychangeyourlife.com. And there you'll see, if you scroll to the bottom, you'll see an announcement of all these additional bonuses. So there is a course that you get there. So the book contains a four-step method for making this happen. It's not just choose a better story. Like there is a, a specific approach for doing so. There's a course that dives deep into the, the second step, which is a really important one. Um, there is a live Facebook group, which I know, Jen, you're a part of. So I go live. I love it. Week. <laughs> yeah. And we tackle one of those like top uh, limiting beliefs are those stories that are holding people back. Those things that we say to ourselves that actually there are stories under there. And how do we, from a self-storytelling approach, start to take those things, those walls down? Um, so if you go to chooseyourstorychangeyourlife.com, enter your info, you'll get access to all of that. I'll send you an autograph. You're going to get an invite to our virtual book launch party. I'm going to send you a little packet. What do you have there? Keep going. Oh, I, I was like, I was gonna find. I'm like, do I have mine? I thought I had it right next to me. But keep going. Yeah. Oh, the autograph. <laughs> oh, the autograph. Um. So, and then, yeah. So that's all at chooseyourstorychangeyourlife.com. That'll go until the launch date on the 11th. But of course, you can find me on Instagram. Is where I do a lot of storytelling. Facebook, of course, here on LinkedIn. I think I'm on Twitter. I am not on TikTok, but. <laughs> Someday. I I feel you on the TikTok. I had a friend that's like, you've gotten really good at the reels. You need to do the TikTok. And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I'll get there. I have I one up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I know. I don't know. Anyway. Really, but see, even that, even that, like, oh, I'm not on TikTok. I'm like, what are all the stories I'm telling myself? And I know one of them, I'm too old. And, and that oh. is like what you know go all uh -huh. the way back to when you yeah so there you go totally yeah my story around that is i don't have enough time which is a story i find myself telling a lot and you yeah. know what when you tell yourself you're behind all the time it creates a different feeling than i'm managing what i have available I, Jen, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh well everybody i please go follow kendra she is such a fun follow on instagram she posts fantastic things here on LinkedIn as well. And go pre-order the book. Jeff, my fast master linker is right there as he normally is. <laughs> He's so great. Thank you, Shelby and Jill and James for showing up today and everybody else who's in the comments. So glad that you were here. Kendra, thank you for being here. I'm so appreciative of your time and just everybody pre-order this book. It is such great content for making our lives better. And as a leader, as Shelby said, she quoted me earlier, it was like, you lead yourself before anyone else. Absolutely. You can't take your people where you're not willing to go. So grab that book and it will change your life as the title says. <laughs> oh, Jen, right, thank everybody. you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Bye, everybody. So let me put my coach hat on for just a sec. Don't just leave this here. Take a moment. 
What did you learn? What's your next tiny action step? Share this episode with someone and tell them. Connect with us to keep this conversation going. As always, I'm Jen Whitmer. Thank you for listening to Joyosity. I don't take for granted that your earballs have a lot of information coming at you. Please take a moment to rate and subscribe. It really helps more people join us in creating positive culture with complex people. So work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Can't wait for you to join us next week.